Welcome to the Trek Convention Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, we'll be discussing all the latest convention updates, our favorite Trek headlines, and discussing everything we know and love from the Star Trek universe. All, of course, from a fan's point of view. And in this episode of the Trek Convention Podcast, no more countdown. The Las Vegas 56-year mission convention is over. It's been a week. We'll tell you what the experience was like, what the high points were and low points, who we saw, what it was like, and of course, what we ate. All this and more on this edition of the Trek Convention Podcast. Hey, Jenna, how are you? Bill, I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm, all, I'm actually unpacked. Did was, you get unpacked and, I, and situated from your trip? Yeah, the luggage is away. Some of the stuff that was in it is still a little scattered. Did a boatload of laundry. Uh, yeah, but I'm back. I've uh, started collecting all the stuff I took with me and got there. The little tchotchkes, the... Well, I was going to say the schedule, but you know, we'll talk about that later. And uh, and uh, the photo ops and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm back. Did you cry? Did you no. cry when you got home? <laughs> yes. I kissed the ground and cried. Uh, no. But it's, you know, it's always kind of like you look forward to it. And it's like uh, we can talk about tickets and, and what next year is like. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. And it's kind of nice to be out of the hotel and back in your own apartment. Of course, it's hotter here than it is in Las Vegas right now, but, you know, that happens what? too. No, it's 102 here right now. Crazy talk. As I posted on uh, one of the social medias, if, you're, if, if you live on the surface of the sun, bring a sweater. Because it's <laughs> only 102 here. But anyway, well, enough of this banter. Let's get to it. Convention recap. Convention recap. Convention recap. Convention recap. Bill. Tell me all about it. Let's debrief. Tell me all about your your trip. Like how did let's start at the beginning. How did um check in at the hotel and the convention center go? Uh pretty good. I I think I mentioned this in one of the on location uh, uh, uh podcast at post podcast ads. Um mini podcasts that uh I printed every ticket all the photo ops, all the little events and everything, except my actual ticket to get into the event, which I think I left at home. So my panic was, where's the business center at, at, at Bally's? Because everyone has a business center. Bally's has a, has a FedEx near door, near, ne- next door. So I, I, I did get my ticket printed. But as far as everyone else was concerned, who didn't you know, flummox and not print their ticket, um, it went fine. And come to find out, you don't need to print the ticket for the event you can show it to them on, uh, uh, as a PDF, but you do need it for the photo ops, which I think in the photo op case, it's because the celebrity gets a percentage of all the photos taken, so they need a paper trail of like how many were done. And yes, I know I've gotten off topic. Uh, I was just going to say um, that it, it's so weird that they require you to print out copies in this day and age. Where they, you know, they've got an app, they've got, you know, an online presence. You would think that there would be some way to have your your tickets on your phone. Yeah, and like I say, the 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 PDF for the event, they're fine with because the guy in front of me just showed the PDF, and I went through all the rigmarole of having it printed. Um, 
And I said, so you don't need them printed? He's like, no, no. So that was really on me. It's probably written somewhere. But like I said, the Photoshop, the photo ops, not the Photoshop, the photo ops, uh, they need a ticket so they have a paper trail. But it, like you say, it's still a little strange even for photo ops. But It is a little weird. Um, it's like 2010. <laughs> it's like right after QR codes were made, somebody said, hey, let's print these. No, let's not. Yes. You know how you can make a QR code better? Put it on paper. Uh, so, yeah, I, the, the, but the check-in was fine. They had, Like last year, they had two lines, one for people that needed uh, to get um, uh, 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 show proof of vaccination, and then there was the one for the, for the folks that had uh, like, a, like a test to show. Uh, the people with the vaccination cards and stuff went much quickly, much quicker, because it, you know, you were just confirming rather than all the various versions of, of tests that have to come up and things. And then they have to give you a different, ba- a different uh, wristband, um, depending on which one you have. But that went really quickly. Uh, I did check in and do all of this on uh, Thursday. So I think I landed about like 10-ish or something like that, 9.45. So got to there about, about 10.30 or so. Um, so it was still early. It was still you know, the time when it should be busy and it really wasn't bad at all. There's always the, the situation where there's really long lines and no one can see what the beginning is. So everyone says, what's this line for? What are you in line for? And you just hope the person in line knows what line they're in or they're not confused about what line they're in because sometimes people are in the wrong line. Uh, but yeah, that seemed to go by really, really well. Um, lines were short enough. Um, yeah. How long... Uh what percentage of the con do you think you spent standing in line? As a percentage? Between Photoshop, Photoshop, between photo ops and, you know, other stuff, signing up, how much did you spend in line? Quite a bit. Um, the photo op uh, schedule was a little, uh, little odd, a little fakakta, my dad would say. But because uh, they, they added uh, three more celebrities kind of toward the end, Jess, Jess Bush, uh, Celia Rose Gooding, and, uh, and Melissa. And um, Melissa Navia from Strange New Worlds. Yes, thank you. Uh, but I, and I, in the, when they added them to the schedule, I noticed they had one at 4 and one at 4.05, and I thought, oh, that's not going to go well because it doesn't take five minutes to get a photo op with anybody. Um, and true to form, they, uh, I think Jess Bush was before one of the panels. And so you come and you go, uh, and then it came back for, uh, Celia and Melissa and it got to the point where they had to send them to their own panel. So that whole process, as far as the photo op stopped and we waited for them to, I actually went in to see their panel. I'm like, you know, they're, as long as they're on stage, I'm, I don't need to stand in line. I know where they'll be when they leave the stage. Uh, so yeah, that that particular day, and I think for me it was uh, uh, Friday. I had like four photo ops during that day, which is too many. How many photo ops did you have total? I had seven. Wow. Which I think was a personal best. Um, and as much as I had the choice of getting, you know, Jess and Celia and Melissa like as a as a as a group photo, which would have meant just one. I thought, well, what the heck? It'd be nice to have one photo with each of them. That way, they're you know, it's a little more, a little more specific. Uh, and then, of course, that means you have to stand in line three times. But 
Uh, I still like the individual photos now that all is said and done. But there was a good bit. Between that and the, I think I, I may have mentioned earlier, too, that uh, some of the events were in the Sky Lounge, Sky Deck, uh, which is actually on the 26th floor of uh, Bally's, which is their sort of top-level hotel rooms and event spaces and things like that. It's very fancy. Uh, but like every hotel, there's only about four, I think there were six elevators. And um, I think in my case anyway, my room was on like the 20-something floor. So if you're going to your room or you're going to the 26th floor for an event, you're in the same big line. Um, they did have a couple elevators that were dedicated to getting to the 26th floor, specifically for the event. But, you know, most elevators hold like, what, 10 people tops? Um, and 10 people at a time, 20 people at a time for both elevators just doesn't move a lot of people. So that was awkward. Um, so that was, I mean, there's the line for the elevator and there's the line for the photo op. Uh, there seemed to be, I didn't see people in line for, uh, for the bathrooms or anything, which is a whole different thing. But there was a lot of line for autographs. We've talked about the fact that I'm not an autograph collector. I don't think you are either necessarily. And uh, big lines for the autographs. I, I don't know if it was the rooms they were in, which just weren't, weren't big enough to have people stand in line in their own room and they spilled out of the hallway, or if this was like a, a, a banner year as far as like the number of attendees and where to put them. Is there anything else about the space? that I know it's weird that it was so separated like that, but what was the, what was the main space like? It was it was good. It, it's smaller. They mentioned that in the article that we read uh, before the convention. But when I was going for an upgrade, uh, I was sitting near some folks that we were all trying to get upgrades and better seats, move over, you know, doing that kind of thing. And uh, one of us had talked to the uh, the upgrade lady, whose name I don't know. Very nice. But um, anyway, what she had said is there's ten seats that run to the left of where like Captain was this year. I mean, Captain's in the same place, but it had 10 more seats to the left and I believe 10 more seats to the right. So even though I was in like seat 21 in Rio, I, it would have been seat 31. So they were missing 10 seats per row for the pretty much, I think, the entire length of the, uh, the, the space. Space wasn't bad. I do think that the stage was lower. I was taking pictures. And I'm like, I keep getting the top of people's heads. I'm like, how come I, have I forgotten how to do this in the last year? And I think their stage is actually just physically lower from, uh, from the point of view of being able to see people on stage. So that was a thing. Uh, and then the space between, uh, not necessarily per person, but the gap between uh, different sections to get back and forth across because you can't have seats just back to back to back to back or you'd have to walk for miles just to cut over was much narrower because they have a lot of folks that are, have uh, assistive de devices like scooters and wheelchairs and things like that, and they normally put those in the, in the gap between the sections. And it, once there was a scooter there or a ride-on, they couldn't get by each other. People walking were always sort of like walking around, and it was tight. It was very tight. And I think on top of it, I felt like the ceiling was lower. So it, incrementally, everything was just a little bit smaller. And you got the sense this is smaller without necessarily knowing the dimensions. But uh, yeah, and the hallway, everything about Bally's is just a little bit smaller. The ceilings, I think I mentioned like in the article on the website that I put, that the ceilings were normally at Rio, there'd be this giant, you know, long banners down the, down the halls. Uh, they didn't have high ceilings. These were everything was like mounted on the floor. But, uh, yeah, so it was, um, 
everything's just a little bit smaller. And I think I said this somewhere too, that it took longer to get everywhere. And then somehow when you got there, it was smaller. So it, uh, and again, no disrespect to Bally's. It's a, it's a smaller, uh, it's a smaller convention space. It's a smaller hotel. Um, but it, uh, it's, it was a bit of an ill fit for this particular event. I bet they're glad to be going back to the Rio next year. Yeah, I think there's still some question of that. I feel like there may not be a, uh, a contract signed just yet. I know it is under renovation. I think I tweeted a, an article that uh, talked a bit about who owned it now and what their intentions were and what, where they were going with it. Uh, they pointed to the there's a new investment company that owns it or, or it's part of another larger chain that feels like, not millennials because they're in their 40s, but that like younger crowds are looking for a different experience than maybe the, these particular uh, hotels were built to accommodate when they, when they were first, first put up. Uh, so that's, that's where their renovations are taking, taking us, I guess. Uh, so that's what I, what I heard about that. I, and I hope to kind of maybe keep an eye on what's going on with the Rio and post updates as we find anything out. I don't expect it'll be very public, I don't think renovations of a particular hotel make a lot of news, but um, it would be good to keep track of that. So what about the schedule? They did that differently this year too, didn't they? They had an app, um, which was fine. I mean, I usually carry around the paper one and keep it in my bag and check off things as I go. It's nice to have a piece of paper. I can see why it's probably cheaper and more environmentally friendly to have a, um, uh, or for, to have an app versus a, a paper paper schedule i did notice that uh over the course of days i'd see people with like some sort of printed grid uh, and i went back to the uh, to the schedule page that's still up and uh, it did have like a, an excel document and a google sheet that did sort of give the the list of what was on any particular uh, on the particular day unfortunately the only one that's still up is sunday so if my memory doesn't serve me about what i did the earlier parts of the week, I just kind of out of luck because the app itself, once the, the, as the events tick off, as far as being done, they don't show up on the list anymore. So you're, you're always, which in a way is good because you're always looking at current. You're not looking at yesterday or next week, whatever. You're always looking at the, the most updated information, but uh, it does mean you don't really have a, a record of it unless you did like screen grabs of the event. I found that app very weird myself when I looked through it, because first of all, it, um, it divided everything not by times, but by stages. So, or event rooms. Yeah. Um, so you can just say, okay, this, these are all the things happening at nine o'clock. You would have to go to each of the stage rooms, um, tab right. and see what was going on at that, on that stage at that time. And then when you click backwards, it took you to the top of the, the app instead of going back to where you just come from. So I found it very hard to use. I feel like they may have updated during the course of the, the event or, or just as after they launched it. Cause I found it easier. Maybe I got used to it, but I found it easier to use because I think it did start going by time. And then they add, there was a filter that said, okay, just show me photo ops. Cause there's times when, you know, I, I don't know about everybody else, but I get very like nervous around photo ops where, you know, here's a thing I spent money on, and if I don't go, there's no, I've, I've wasted that money. I've missed the opportunity, and I wasted the money. So, like, when is that thing I paid for going to happen is very stressful. So I could filter and shell just, just the photo ops, and I added them to my, my regular calendar just as a reminder. 
and you could kind of do that. I did notice that some of the filters didn't work well. If I, if I wanted to see like just the panels, like just the Nimoy and just the, the, the rooms where there were uh, panels going on, it would also show me autographs. And like, well, I don't need an autograph, and there's a lot of autographs. So it was certainly kludgy. Um, and like I say, it would have been nice to, to be able to download it sort of like the way this, the, the, and I'm holding it up as a piece of paper because, you know, podcasts are perfect for visual aids. Uh, this, this grid of, um, of what was going on a particular day, just so I could have a quick reference in, the, in, a, in an Excel doc or a PDF of it or something like that. But learnings for next year. Uh, one thing, and again, not to, so as not to continually bash, you know, Bally's and, and the way the event worked. One, I, one of the things I thought that was a bright spot, and I did mention in one of the on-location uh, podcast was they were much more um, aware, I guess, of the, the distances because when you're in the photo op room, they had a feed from the, the main stage in the, on a big monitor in that room. Now, it, the lines were really long. You couldn't see it from everywhere, but it did give you a sense of like what's going on now. So if you're standing in line for Jess Bush and she's still on stage okay, I can come back in 10 minutes if I need to or what have you. So you kind of knew what was going on on the main stage. Unfortunately, things like I was standing in line for somebody and uh, I missed basically, I think I missed both Discovery, uh, at least a couple of the uh, Discovery panels because I was in line for a different photo. I, I might have even been in line for the Tignataro or the one just before her. So I never actually saw her on stage uh, or any of the the. The, the cast of Discovery, they did have sort of a sub subgroup of the the uh, the Discovery folks with uh, Doug Jones and uh, Patrick Quackdoon and um, I forget who else was on the stage at the same time. But there was a third person who, and I apologize for forgetting who you are. But I refer back to my schedule, but I don't have one anymore since it's self destructive. Um, so yeah, you end up making the choice between do I want to go to the photo op or do I want to listen to the to the panel. So you had to kind of. And again, that might also have been, you know, having four photo ops in a day with a sort of a rough, yeah. rough schedule was going to be hard anyway. Um, but the new space and the new systems and everything um, just added to that. But like I say, the bright spot was there were monitors like in the hallways and in, in the photo room. And uh, so you kind of knew, especially with the events on the 26th floor, it was nice to walk down the hall and say, oh, okay, they're doing that. I don't need to see that. I, I feel more comfortable not going to the elevator and waiting and then finding out it's something I don't want to do. Okay, what's next? Convention recap. Convention recap. Convention recap. Well, I do have to say this year there were a lot more people to see. There were a lot more uh, guests that were, like, in person. How many people did you end up seeing in photo ops as opposed to... Uh, people you saw on the stage uh the the photo ops are easier because i have receipts for those uh but i had a photo taken with ron perlman a photo with john noble who's australian by the way uh jess bush who uh i believe is also australian um melissa navia celia rose gooding tignataro james callis i think that's it that's seven so yeah, the, the and James Callis is who. Uh, in the Star Trek universe, he's uh, he's uh, Captain Picard's father in uh, Star Trek Picard. There's some flashbacks to uh, Jean Luc's youth as a child, and of course, we've always heard of his father being sort of very uh, 
absolute and strict, and uh, that character has appeared uh, in Next Generation in a, in a couple different forms. I don't think it was always the same actor, and it wasn't for very long. Uh, but yeah, but everyone else knows him, of course, from Battlestar Galactica as uh, the man who brought down humanity. Or depending on your political views, he may have been a hero. Who knows? But he was... Um, Baltar? Baltar. He was Baltar in, uh, in Battlestar Galactica. Um, but yeah, so those are the photos uh, ops I had. Um, as far as on stage, I'd have to look through my photos, so why don't I do that? But I know I saw John Noble. I know I saw, obviously, um, uh, William Shatner had the stage to himself for quite a while. Um, when Didn't I, you say he was a little off kilter? He, um, he's, he points out that he has arguments with um, uh, Mr. Dyson about um, astrophysics and things, and I'm like, that, that might not be an even match that you think it is. Uh, he mentioned that the, the moon was hollow, which, which apparently it's not. It's got an iron core. So there's a few like science-y facts that seem to kind of get mixed together in sort of a new Shatner-esque reality. Um, one of the nice things, uh, again, highlighting nice things, uh, that they had on stage is now that they have the big video uh, back wall, um, before a, um, or as, as a panel was going on, they list, you know, they had, you know, what the, what the panel name was and who was on the panel. So for me, I made, made a point whenever I took a photo <laughs> to take a photo of that. So I'd remind myself who, uh, who some of the actors and guests were on stage at the time. Cause sometimes, um, you know, original series guest stars don't stand out, uh, at least for me, the way that some of the more recent characters were. Uh, like in the, I'm just noticing that, I think one of the first ones I went to, uh, well, like there was guest stars in the movie with Rama Curtis and uh, Deep Roy, uh, Dina Meyer and Gwyneth Walsh. Um, but it's, you know, that was super helpful uh, to have as well. So... Um, that was fun. So those were some of the folks I saw. Deep Roy, always fun. Uh, I haven't seen him in a couple of years. Robin Curtis is always a bit of a personality, and she's fun. She's a, I think she's still in real estate in Connecticut somewhere. Deep Space Nine had uh, had their main cast: uh, Andy Robinson, Terry Farrell, Max Gronacek, and uh, <laughs> Sarah Lofton. They spelled his name wrong through about three quarters of the panel. It said Cirrus Lofton. Yeah, they had quite a few, quite a few guest stars. I'm just looking through the number of panels that I that I went to. A lot of uh, a lot of guest stars. Um, uh, Walter Koenig had his own interview when I got there, and I got there late because of the kerfuffle with the tickets. Um, Denise Crosby was on stage, and she had a she had sort of a single interview as well. Um, there was a Strange New Worlds panel, which got to see uh, a lot of folks uh, from the show there. Oh yeah, and Bruce Horak was—I know he was sort of a late ad, but he's—he's uh, he's Hammer from uh, from uh, Strange New Worlds. Uh, so yeah, the, the the panels were good. I uh, I didn't think at any time I'm sitting in a panel like oh, I wish these people were more interesting. They were all really good panels. Uh, Creation always does a good time, a good uh, job, sort of separating out who's who's who and who's not. Most of your time at the main stage, or did you um, go upstairs to the smaller stages as well? I went upstairs upstairs occasionally. I did. I, I do like the minimum bid auctions, um, or sorry, no minimum bid auctions. And uh, there was a few things on the on the Roddenberry stage that uh, were interesting. Some of the more social events happened in the in the Roddenberry space. Again, being up at the top with bars and stuff, they did the 
the karaoke there a couple of nights, and um, uh, they had uh, the company that makes like Star Trek themed wines um, had hosted a couple events where they I think they were actually shooting a, a podcast with the uh, with the wine representative there, and they were drinking drinking the wine and, and discussing it and things. But, uh, yeah, no, I spent most of my time on the main stage, I think. For one thing, after you go up in the elevator a few times, you have a little higher bar as whether or not you want to actually go to that that particular event. It's like, well, it started a couple minutes ago. It's going to take me you know, at least 10 minutes to get to the elevator in there, and then uh, it'll be over by then. I won't bother, unfortunately. But just, again, that was more about the space than, than necessarily the content of the uh, of the event. I I did find it interesting that in sort of a disparaging way, they uh, somebody had uh, they were auctioning off um, a Star Trek lamp, and I think it was uh, Gary Berman, the one of the owners, who was like, "For anybody who wanted a Star Trek lamp," and then like, "I have two of those Star Trek lamps." Uh, <laughs> the base is actually the the bridge of the ones I have was uh, the original series bridge, and I know they made one with the uh, Next Generation bridge, and they're kind of neat. And they went. The auction went for about three times what I spent for mine back on Think Geek when that was still uh, still a property that was up and running. I miss them so much. Uh, but yeah, so the auctions were uh, were interesting. Were any panels or presentations on Zoom? No, I. There was nobody that, that at least none of the ones that I went to where there was anybody on like on a Zoom call. Uh, that m- may have just I don't know. Yeah, I, I was going to guess whether that was a rule this year or maybe it was just too complicated given the number of people, but I, I feel like the decision was made not to, uh, or there was no need to make the decision about whether or not there could be anybody on Zoom, but there wasn't There wasn't anybody on Zoom. And last year when they did have people on Zoom, it was great because it was either not see them or see them on Zoom. Yes, Zoom please. Because uh, I know Terry Farrow showed up on, on Zoom last year and a couple other folks. Um, but this year, everyone was like on stage. Various levels of masks. The uh, the event did require a mask. The hotel was maskless. Although <laughs> at one point, there was a you know on the, the big screen that shows what uh, for further for folks further back. There's always two big screens that are showing you know, camera view of, of what's going on on stage. And there's always little announcements at the bottom about when the signatures are happening and if you got this PDF and that PDF and when to go stand in line. Uh, and at one point it said the hotel the hotel does uh, you may not wear full face masks in the hotel. And at first I thought, well, why why would I mean masks are we're all wearing masks at the event? Why wouldn't you wear? And they're not talking about mask masks. They're talking about like masks, like yeah. cosplay masks. So apparently the hotel was getting a little a little freaked out when they couldn't identify people walking through the hallways and i'm sure that's a risk for them especially after after some of the the incidents that have happened in las vegas but i just thought that doesn't happen it's like when you go to comic-con and you have check-in and you have coat check and then you have weapons check because cosplayers have weapons and they need to be checked so um speaking of did you go was there a costume contest did you go to the costume contest there was uh but i didn't go uh, it was another one of those situations where I might have had something else to do or being in line all day. I just wanted a break. Uh, I did go to the vendor room. Uh, I don't know if I went then, but the vendor room was actually, again, it was smaller and things were, were more narrow. But I, I think I mentioned in the uh, the on-locations that uh, I did like how the autographs were handled because normally in the bigger room they just run along one wall, so you're never sure exactly what's going on and just piles of people and et cetera. And it was a little looky loo. This time it was like right amongst everything else. It got a little congested in certain places at certain time, but 
you walk by the the celebrity guests and it's like, oh, look, there's John Jones. Uh, and uh, so you felt like a little more engaged with, with that particular component of the, uh, of the convention rather than it being off to the side. So what about Michelle Nichols? Were there any tributes to her? Yeah, there actually, there was like, there was an in memoriam um, section of, uh, of the, the convention. There was uh, somebody had put together a video with the, much like they do in the Academy Awards where they've got the name of the person or the <clears throat> photo of them out of character and in character and, and what they, how they appeared and what they did, which was nice. And obviously everybody mentioned Michelle Nichols. Everybody was just really sort of still dealing with the, the loss of such a main character. It was a, a big part of Walter Koenig's conversation when he was interviewed and, and everybody had something to say. Everybody had a, has a Nichelle Nichols story. Uh, I was looking through my notes about when uh, I went to Comic-Con last year. She was there and it was her last Comic-Con uh, and she's such a nice lady. She was like 45 minutes late to her little end of show, you know, commemoration. NASA had, you know, certificates and, and things to, to give her, and there were people waiting. But she, she had a bunch of people in line that wanted her autograph, and she said, you know, they came to see me, and I'm, I'm not going to walk away when there's still people standing in line. So the, the, the next event was running late because she was very fan-focused and... Uh, and that's what people liked about her. So yeah, she was definitely definitely missed. And during the Deep Space Nine panel, they did mention Erin uh, uh, Eisenberg as well as Renee Abergenois. Because again, that's happened during the pandemic. And and of course, Sally Kellerman was another. You know, she was in the original pilot. So there, there's a, there's a lot of folks that uh, a lot of folks to talk about when you go down the the road of who's still with us and who isn't. So what's next? I hate to interrupt, but we're running a bit long and there's so much more to say about the convention. Please join us for part two of Assignment Las Vegas here on the Trek Convention Podcast. I'm Blink Dashing, and for everyone here at the Trek Convention Podcast, thanks for joining us. The Trek Convention Podcast is brought to you in part by .com's Agogo. .com's a go-go is your one-stop shop for domains, domain hosting, branded email, and more. No matter where you are in the galaxy, make sure everyone can find you with your own unique domain. .com's a go-go. Connecting you to the universe and helping you. Go boldly. Go to trekconvention.com sponsor for rates and deals.